Praise God. Thank you, Brother Waldrop. Amen. Thank you for your obedience to the Holy Ghost service after service. We want you to come. We want you to just preach to us once again. Tell us what the Holy Ghost has to say tonight. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, Elder Rick, and praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles tonight to the book of 1 Samuel, dealing with a subject tonight I believe is one of the key ingredients, not just to live for God, but to live for God successfully and to see the will of God done in your life and in your family. Amen. We want the will of God and we want to please the Lord more than anything. That is the most important thing is being saved. And all along the way, doing the will of God and pleasing Him. That's how salvation happens. Amen. Thank you for the liberty and, again, the hospitality, your faithfulness tonight. Verse 1 of 1 Samuel, the 10th chapter, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head. This is the anointing of Saul to be king. And kissed him and said, Is it not? Because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance. Samuel took a vial of oil, poured it on Saul's head, kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Amen. Go with me now to chapter 16. Of 1 Samuel, several years have passed since the 10th chapter, and we begin in verse 11 of 1 Samuel 16, Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? He said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him. For we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. This is my choice. This is what I have chosen. He is who I have chosen. Can you say amen? Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Amen. Let's lift our hands again in the presence of the Lord. Would you praise the name of Jesus? Would you magnify the name of the Lord tonight? Worship the mighty name of our God. I worship you, Lord. I praise you. Great and glorious. Mighty and holy. Worthy and wonderful, I worship. Mighty name of our God, I glorify the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
Amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. The help of the Lord, I want to minister tonight just for a little while on this subject, the measure of your anointing. The measure of your anointing. I really enjoy, um, I guess, the approach of Bible study that uh, compares things and contrasts things. And I've often studied and compared and contrasted the lives of King Saul and King David. And uh, in many regards, many places in their life and uh, in the roles that they played and the effectiveness that they either had or did not have in the kingdom of God and in the will of God. You'll be hard-pressed to find uh, two individuals in Scripture that have so much in common and yet are so different. You would say that perhaps that is a bit of biblical contradiction, but just hear my burden tonight. Saul and David were both uh, anointed uh, by God. They were both uh, chosen by God. They were both God's choice to sit upon the throne of the nation of Israel. So they were chosen by the same God to fill the same position. They were both physically anointed by the same prophet. It was Samuel, the Bible said, that took a vial of oil and anointed Saul and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Amen. And then God sent Saul to the house of Jesse to anoint King Saul's successor. And Jesse caused uh, his sons to pass before uh, Samuel. And they were young men that looked like kings uh, were supposed to look. The first one came in and Samuel rose to anoint him. And God said, that's not the one. Hey, man, the next one come in. That's not the one. And it appeared that Jesse had run out of boys. And in our text we read that Samuel asked, Jesse, are here all thy children? And Jesse said, well, uh, the youngest is uh, out in the field tending sheep. And Samuel said, well, you, you, you get him here. We, we've got business to tend to. We'll not sit down uh, till he comes uh, into this place. And as David entered into uh, their presence, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to God's prophet uh, and said, Arise, uh, anoint him, for this uh, is uh, he. And the Bible declares that Samuel took the horn of oil uh, and anointed him uh, 
in the midst of his brethren and the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I understand the background was different. I understand their whole approach to God. I understand there were personality differences. But again, you'll be hard-pressed to find two biblical characters that have so much in common yet are so different. Amen. And in the sequence of their being chosen by God and anointed by the prophet of God. Again, not to be redundant, but to hold the same position. To sit on the same throne. Anointed by the same prophet. Both anointed with anointing oil. Hallelujah. It meant what makes the difference between a Saul and a David? Is it the position? Same position. Is it uh, the pastor? <laughs> Same man of God. Lot of similarities here but we know that there's a big difference between Saul and David a big difference in attitude a big difference in effectiveness a big difference in focus a big difference in passion a big difference in uh, what mattered in their life a big difference in what was uh, important to them a big difference in priority. Oh, hallelujah. Again, maybe in your perspective, uh, uh, it's just semantics. I guess that's between you uh, and God tonight. But I do find uh, a difference uh, that I do believe yet today uh, still uh, makes uh, the difference. It makes the difference in effectiveness in the kingdom. It makes a difference in our approach to God uh, and the things of God. It makes a difference in our uh, passion and our purpose. Hallelujah. Bible said that Samuel took a vial. Would you say a vial? Took a vial of oil when he anointed Saul. Uh, but when it come to anointing David, uh, the Bible uses different terminology. Bible did not say that Samuel took a vial signifying one of many. It's as if there were many vials of oil, a uh, vial uh, of oil uh, and anointed Saul. Uh, but when it come time to anoint uh, Saul's successor. Uh, the Bible said that Samuel took the uh, horn uh, of oil. It man signifying the one and only, the only one of its kind, not a vial, but the horn. 
I pray that God would anoint this evangelist to preach about God's anointing tonight. We've not come to compare ourselves. We've not come to critique and criticize. But I've come to motivate some saints of God at the true church on a Sunday night revival service and declare yet again the measure of your anointing still matters. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Magnify his name. I worship your holy name. I magnify the name of Jesus. Amen. Can I preach tonight? If it made a difference then, I still believe it makes a difference now. Let me just say what I feel like saying right now. We need to ask ourselves the question, how anointable am I? Oh, hallelujah. How anointable is my attitude? How anointable is my perspective? How anointable is my motivation? Amen. I really believe that had a lot to do with it was attitude. We understand that attitude determines altitude. If you have a positive attitude, this is aeronautical terminology. Attitude is the direction of the nose of the aircraft. If it has a positive attitude, it means you're headed upward. If you have a negative attitude, it means you're headed downward. And so attitude determines altitude. Amen. If you have a negative attitude long enough, there's a point in time where you won't, will no longer have a negative attitude. You'll have no attitude at all. You'll cease to, you'll, oh my God, you'll lose your attitude. You'll crash and burn because of a negative attitude, a negative perspective. Amen. I, I know their attitudes were completely different, uh, but just let me preach my burden tonight. Uh, I believe there's far too many people in Pentecost uh, that want just enough to get by. Amen. My passion tonight, amen, is to get somebody off Holy Ghost High Center and get you spiritually motivated to say, I want more than just enough. I don't want just enough to have a position, just enough to meet the qualification, just enough to get by. Just enough uh, to maintain law and order. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, but I want enough uh, to give some victory. Uh, I don't want just enough anointing uh, to maintain what I've got. Uh, but I want a greater anointing. Uh, I, want, I want to expand the borders. Can anybody testify? Amen. That's your desire tonight. I've been too satisfied for too long. Oh, hallelujah. 
I'm not talking about being called to preach. I'm not talking about anointing in the pulpit. I'm talking about an anointing in your prayer, an anointing in your worship, an anointing in your evangelism, an anointing in your worship. Come on, there ought to be a cry that comes up. Amen from Monticello Drive. Amen, Lord, we want more. We want a greater anointing. We've done all we can do with what we've got. The problem's not your choice. The problem's not the position. The problem's not the nation. Amen, the problem's not do we know how many gods there are? Amen. Everybody in this room has been called and chosen, forgiven, washed. Amen. Filled with the glorious gift of the, can I tell you tonight, there's a place beyond being filled and that's being you. Oh, I want to say it right tonight. I really do. Amen. God deliver me from that contentment in filling a position. Amen. I, it, it's tradition. I, 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 I'm not against wholesome apostolic traditions. I, I, I'm not against it. I'm really not. But Sometimes traditions can become distractions. And I, I understand what they're, they're saying, but I've heard too many people testify and they say, I thank God for my place in the house of God. And, and I, I get it. I'm thankful to be in the church. But if we're not careful, it meant that will be enough for us. I've got a place. Amen, I've got enough anointing to be in the house. I've got enough anointing to have my place in the house of God. Amen, I, amen I've got enough anointing uh, to feel his presence when I sing. I've got enough anointing to shed a few tears when I pray. Amen, I'm not throwing anybody on the bus. I'm not being critical to anybody. Amen, I'm just trying to preach my burden tonight. Amen, I'm talking about a greater anointing that takes you beyond your place and ushers you into another realm of effectiveness. Amen, it was far more... The most important thing to Saul was I'm king of Israel. But the most important thing to David, amen, one thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That I may dwell. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Everything about Saul was about the throne. Everything about Saul was about his place. Everything about Saul was about his perspective. Everything about Saul was about his reputation. Everything about Saul was about what everybody thought. Everything about Saul Saul was what everybody saw. 
but everything about David, amen, was as the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee. Amen. It was easy for David to forget his position when he got into the presence of the king. He was easy for him to take off his royal apparel and dance before the Lord within with the linen ephod amen it was easy for him to stop being king amen and worship the Lord God deliver me from my contentment with position David knew his place He knew his role, but he knew his God. Was it not Saul that told Samuel, would you pray to your God? Maybe I'm just not remembering what I need to remember, but I I don't ever remember David asking anybody, would you do my praying for me? Would you talk to your God about me? But people, that all it is with them is just their place. They use language like this. Would you pray to your God? Pastor, would you pray to your God? We got got problems if he's your pastor's God and not your God. There's something missing here. Could it be that you've been anointed with a vial? And not the horn. Could it be that you need a greater anointing? Come on, don't be offended. Be be motivated tonight. I'm not against you. I'm for you. That's why I'm preaching this. God's not against you. God is for you. God has a place of greater effectiveness for me, for everyone on this platform, for everyone in these pews tonight. I love you, but if you don't want to be better for God, there's something wrong with you. Amen, let's get our attitude right. Let's get a positive attitude, and let's go higher in the kingdom. Let's clap our hands again to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want more of it. I'm thankful for what I've got. But I want to have an attitude that's anointable. I want to have a motive that's anointable. Hallelujah. Can I tell you if you're going to spend any time in the church, your anointing's going to be tested. There's going to be a day that you have that nothing goes your way. Victory will flee and defeat will make itself at home in your life. Read the lives of these two kings. 
they both knew defeat very well. They both knew bad days very well. But when it stopped going Saul's way, and it was apparent that defeat was the only option that day, he turns to his armor bearer and says, take your sword and slay me. Just, just, just hear me tonight. I'm not just going to lose out. I'm going to lose out having somebody I can blame. They did it to me. Someone else's fault. Did I hear that? Someone else's fault. Can I tell you? You're testifying to your small anointing. A vile. Amen. A just another anointing. Just another experience. Come on, somebody. Let's go beyond that. Amen. Amen. David knew defeat. Amen. But his measure of anointing was greater than a vial. It was the horn. And David, he meant the worst day he ever lived. Amen. He lost his city. He lost his friends. He lost his mighty men. He lost his wives. And he lost his children. But he didn't lose his connection. Can I tell you, when Saul lost his victory, he also lost his anointing. But David never lost. Because when he lost everything, the Bible said he went into his tent and he encouraged, woo, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he said, God, I just want to know, do I pursue do I got to take this or can I do something about it? They're making plans to kill me. Amen, but I'm talking to God about it. Amen, is this how it's got to be or is there another option? My anointing won't let me give up when the sun goes down. My anointing won't let me throw in the towel. When I come to church and I don't feel God like I think I need to, amen, I don't throw in the towel, throw my hands up and say, what's the, no, 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 I've got too much anointing for that. In this life you shall have tribulation. It's going to happen. Bad days happen to everybody. But when victory runs away, I still got my anointing. 
I said, I've still got my anointing. There's going to be a day in every one of our lives where we hear the defiant voice of the champion. There will be a day in every one of our lives. As a matter of fact, most of us, man, will hear it many times. We'll feel the challenge of hell. Amen, it feels like hell is sending the champion. The best that hell has to give comes into my world. And all you have is a vile anointing. You're going to go into your tent, put on your royal apparel, and hide behind your position and say, I'm too important. But when you have the horn anointing, amen, you don't have a position. You're not even in the army. You're just running the errand for dad. But you show up. A small anointing hears the voice for a month and 10 days, for 40 sunsets and sunrises. Give me a man. Give me a man. Give me a man. And the Bible said that Saul was head and shoulders above all men. If I could say it this way, Saul was a man's man. but he had a child's anointing. He had a mature physique, but an insufficient anointing. The one that should have been the first to go wasn't even out there among his men, he was up in his tent somewhere. Too busy being king to defend for victory. But, a, but an adolescent young man, a young shepherd boy, that man, the Bible calls him a lad, whatever that means. I feel like he's probably 15 or 16, maybe 17 or 18. I don't know. Too young to be in the army or you know that's where he'd be. Because we know David. Uh, And he shows up and he hears it one time. And so something rose up in him. Because something had been poured over him. I said something rose up in him. Because something had been poured over him. Him and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And he heard the voice of Goliath one time. And he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? My anointing won't let me hide behind my position. My anointing won't let me make excuses. Hey, my anointing won't let me run. He meant from conflict. My anointing won't let me avoid confrontation. 
Come on, if you're tired of tucking tail and running, amen, from the champion of the Philistines, why don't you get in this altar tonight and do something about your anointing? Why don't you have a little talk with Jesus? Tell him all about your trouble. He'll hear your faintest cry. He'll answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer well turning, there's a little fire burning. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Let the Spirit of the Lord come. Let the anointing of God come upon you in the midst of your brethren. Song says, anointing, fall on me. The power of the Holy Ghost. Fall on me. (laughs) My God, I want a right attitude about defeat. I want a right attitude about the giant. Can I tell you, my anointing goes a long way to determining my my attitude. Would to God, would to God, and no later than everyone that's been baptized was still in church. Everyone that received the Holy Ghost was still in the house. I'm not, I'm not casting stones. I'm really not. I'm just saying something went wrong somewhere with somebody's anointing. Somebody had a bad day and gave up. Somebody was confronted by a giant and gave up. Amen, but can I tell you, if you're going to live for God very long, amen, you're going to be confronted not just by the giant, but you're going to be confronted with truth. There's going to be a preacher that points his finger at you. You're going to do something wrong and you're going to be called out for it. With Saul, it was his impatience and again, the perspective and perception of the people. And they set the day for the sacrifice and Samuel didn't show up and saw God impatient so he took upon him too much responsibility. He did not have authority to act as priest. And so he did what he did not have the authority by God to do. And wouldn't you know it, just when he's getting serious with it, Here comes the man of God. Man of God was late, but that didn't matter. That didn't matter. So, what are you doing? Samuel, the people were getting impatient, and they were starting to scatter, and and it's time to go to war, and we got to have God's blessings, and so I just did what I thought was best. This is, what, this is what God spoke through Samuel to Saul this day. Today's the day God rejected. 
because you got out of your place. I'm not telling you make one mistake and you're written off. That's not what I'm preaching. But what I am preaching is what you do when the man of God says, what have you done? And you start looking around to find someone else to blame. You're testifying to the measure of your anointing. Man of God who wasn't even really, I guess you could say David's pastor died. And there's another man of God now in his life, another prophet called Nathan. He comes to, into the throne room one day and he says, David, I've got a story to tell you. And he tells a story about this rich man, the poor man, the lamb and all that. And David's ire was invigorated. And he said, if you'll just tell me who it is, he's a dead man. And Nathan the prophet pointed that finger at David and said, it's you, David. Thou art the man. I don't read in this Bible where David started looking around to find someone else to blame. But David was testifying to his anointing. He says, I've got too much anointing to blame somebody else. I've got too much anointing to make excuses. I've got too much anointing to get offended at a preacher because he tells me the truth. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I, 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 I have a lot... I, I have a lot of success in the kingdom. I have... Amen. I, I, I owe a lot to my own earthly father because he stood with the man of God when he could have made allowances for his only child. He could have made allowances and said, well, son, if that's what you want to do, I'll defend you to the man of God. And dad said, no, son, you know what pastor preaches. And if you walk down that road, you're walking down that road by yourself. If that's what you want to do, amen, I'll let you do it. But I won't do it with you. I'm telling you, that's what kept me, amen, in a lot of places where I had no business going. Because I knew if I'm going there, I'm going by myself. It meant mom and daddy won't take up for me. Mom and daddy won't make excuses for me. And if I go ahead and do wrong and I get took off the platform and I get set down, mom and dad won't get offended. They won't say, who does that preacher think he is? Messing with my little darling. We'll tell you something. It's a whole lot easier for the finger to be pointed at you than for it to be pointed at your children. Because that defensive instinct rises up. I'm going to tell you something. You better get some anointing on you. Because I don't care how good your kids are, they're not perfect. I said they're going to do something they shouldn't have done. Amen, and God's going to call them out on it. Come on, mama. Come on, grandma. Come on, auntie. Come on, it's quiet in here right now. Amen, I want enough anointing.
I said, I want enough anointing. Amen, if it's my grandson. If it's the one in my world right now, if you can hear me, who can do no wrong. Oh, he, he, he already can. He's already got that going for him. He's already got that nature that's rising up. Oh, boy, Jake. <laughs> my backside's burning for you, son. Mm, I know what's a coming when you get a little older. Amen. And mom and daddy tells you no, no. And you do more than just look at them with innocent eyes. But you, amen, look at them and go ahead and do it anyhow. I know who your daddy is. Because I know who his daddy was. And I know who your mama is, boy. Amen. There's going to be trouble in paradise. And if my son and his wife, amen, are the parents there need to be. Amen. They're going to exercise some corporal punishment and discipline. I'm not trying to be long-winded tonight, but, but, but we're conservative for the most part. And why is it that we, we, we're of the persuasion? And let me just hopefully speak for us all tonight. We're of the persuasion that discipline's okay in the home. But if it's all right in the home, our house, why isn't it all right in God's house? If we can send little Johnny to the corner in our house, and that's the way it's supposed to be because little Johnny needs to learn his lesson. Don't get offended when little Johnny gets sent to the corner in God's house because he needs to learn his lesson. Amen. I'm taking way too much time with this. Amen. This, 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 the roots on this stump are a little deeper than they were with Goliath, aren't they? The roots on this stump are a little deeper than they are with defeat on the battlefield and a bad day at the office, isn't it? Come on, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm just trying to help us understand. It doesn't matter who it is. Amen. I want my attitude right about God. I want my attitude right. Amen. About a bad day. I want my attitude right. Amen. About defeat. I want my attitude right. About the giant. I want my attitude right. About correction. When the finger's pointed in my face, I want enough anointing to get off my throne. He and get on my face. Hey, hey, come on, somebody. And I want enough anointing. Amen. The man of God has to correct my own flesh and blood. I don't want to get in a huff. I don't want to say, well, I'll find me somewhere else to go to church. Will they understand, kids? No! Amen. We're going to talk about this when we get home. You better know it. But we're going to say, you heard the man of God. Amen. And I'm standing with God's man, son or daughter. <laughs> Baby, I don't care who all's doing it. We're not doing it. 
I don't care if they do that at the other church. This is not the other church. And our pastor's not the other pastor. But if what I have is just another anointing, I'm going to use others' actions to justify my own rather than take responsibility for my lack of anointing. Because something tells me it didn't matter if Samuel had been a month late. David says, we're waiting. I've got too much anointing to get out of my place. I said, I've got too much to get out of my place. Let's lift our hands right now. Uh, sincerely. <laughs> Why don't we let the Holy Ghost begin to talk to us and minister to us. Come on, I preach my burden tonight. I said, I preach my burden tonight. Let's not just think about it. Come on, somebody pray about it and receive it. Oh, hallelujah. I worship your name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, I don't want to be easily offended. I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to be quick to give up. Oh, God, I want more anointing. Lord, I know myself, and I know I need more of you. Lord, you know me better than I know myself. Lord, if I know it, surely you do. Oh, God, hear my cry. God, I want to inquire in your temple. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. All the days of my life. Oh, I'm hungry for your house. Oh, I'm passionate about your presence. God, I'm sincere about your spirit. I want to do your will. I want to be pleasing to you. God, I feel like the last time around... I didn't do like I needed to do with the test. God, between now and the next time, would you help me get more anointing? God, the next time a bad day rolls around, I want to have more anointing for the next time. The next time the giant stands in the valley, I want to have more anointing than I did the last time. Oh, God, the next time, amen, that I get corrected, I want to have more anointing the next time than I did the last time. Hallelujah. Come on. Amen. Just as recently 
as this past Tuesday, if I remember right, I said this is what's going to help somebody be saved. If you can hear this, if you can get this down in your spirit, what I'm saying right now is going to make the difference. Amen. God reminded me of that. I feel that same prompting of the Holy Ghost on me right now. Come on. Let's not just get this in our head tonight. Let's get this in our heart. I want to do right with defeat. I want to do right with rejection. I want to do right with the giant. I want to do right with correction. <laughs> 